0: Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast for John Ford. Anyone want to shed some light on what this one means? I kind of got it, but I felt like it went a bit over my head. Swim says, The internet tells us that Ford was primarily a playwright. He was interested in psychology, and his later plays were preoccupied with melancholia, the condition we call depression today. I'd say this poem is about melancholia, which is only abated when asleep. I agree, says Tickriffit. It is shaped like a pagan prayer or an incantation to put the shadows to rest while the speaker sleeps. It seems almost made for children, but I think that's from my modern perspective. I can certainly understand how the dark in those times were darker than today, but the sorrows, griefs and troubles all had the same shape they have for us today. There you go. Thank you team for that explanation. I can always rely on everyone on this community when that goes over my head this guy, today's poet, George Wither was born in 1588 died in 1667 we're talking a full what is that he's nearly made it 80 years my maths is correct um very impressive I think it's the, uh, the longest lifespan we've had the poem is called I Loved Alas the first poem I should say there's a few today. I loved, alas, a fair one, as fair as ever was seen. She was indeed a rare one, another Sheba queen. But fools then I was, I thought she loved me too. But now, alas, she's left me. Felleroo la rue. Her hair, like gold, did glisten. Glister, sorry. Each eye was like a star. She did surpass her sister, which passed all others far. She would, she would me, honey, call. She'd, oh, she'd kiss me too. But now, alas, she's left me, felleroo laroo loo. Many a merry meeting my love and I have had. She was my only sweeting, she made my heart full glad. The tears stood in her eyes like the morning dew, but now, alas, she's left me, felleroo laroo loo. Her cheeks were like the cherry, her skin was white as snow. When she was blithe and merry, she angel-like did show Her waist exceeding small, the fives did fit her shoe, But now, alas, she's left me, felleroo laroo loo. In summer time or winter, she had her heart's desire, I still did scorn to stint her from sugar sack or fire. The world went around, about, no cares we ever knew, But now, alas, she's left me, felleroo roo loo. The maiden's vows and swearing henceforth no credit give. You may give them the hearing, but never them believe. They are as false as fair, unconstant, frail, untrue. For mine, alas, hath left me, fellow-roo, rue, loo. This one's called A Lover's Resolution. Shall I, wasting in despair, die because a woman's fair? Or make pale my cheeks with care, cause another's rosy are? Be she fairer than the day or the flowery meads in May. If she think not well of me, what care I how fair she be? Shall my silly heart be pined, cause I see a woman kind, or a well-disposed nature, joined with a lovely feature? Be she meeker than, kinder than, turtle dove or pelican? If she be not so to me, what care I how kind she be? A, shall a woman virtues move, me to perish for her love, or her well-deserving known, make me quite forget my own, be she what that goodness blessed which may merit name of best, if she be not such to me, what care I how good she be, cause her fortune seems too high, shall I play the fool and die, she that bears a noble mind, if not outward helps she find, thinks what with them he would do, that without them dare her woo, And unless that mind I see, what care I how great she be? Great or good or kind or fair, I will never the more despair. If she loves me, this believe, I will die. Here she shall grieve. If she slight me when I woo, I can scorn and let her go. For if she be not for me, what care I for whom she be? The Choice me so oft my fancy drew here and there that I never knew where to place desires before so the range might no more. But as he that passeth by, where, in all her jollity, flowers which is witches in a row, do it in seemly order grow, be a thousand flowers stand, bending as to kiss his hand, out of which delightful store one he may take and no more. Long he pausing doubteth whether of those fair ones he should gather. First the primrose courts his eyes, then the cow lips he espies, next the pansy seems to woo him, then carnations bow unto him, which, whilst that enamoured swain from the stalk intends to strain, as half fearing to be seen prettily her leaves between, peeps the violet, pale to see that her virtues slighted be, which so much his liking wins, that to seize her he begins." Yet before he stooped so low, he his wanton eye did throw on a stem that grew more high, and the rose did there espy, who beside her previous scent to procure his eye's content did display her godly breast where he found at full expressed all the good that nature showers on a thousand other flowers, wherewith he affected takes it, his beloved flower he makes it, and without desire of more, walks through all he saw before. So I, wandering but erewhile, through the garden of this isle, saw rich beauties, I confess, and in number, numberless, yea, so differing lovely too, that I had a world to do, ere I could set up my rest, where to choose and choose the best. Thus I fondly feared, till fate, which I must confess, in that did a greater favour to me, than the world can my least do me showed to me that matchless flower, subject for this little song of hour, whose perfection, having eyed, reason instantly aspired, that desire which ranged abroad, there were find a period, and no marvel, if it might, for it there hath all delight, and in her hath nature placed, what each several fair one graced. Let who list for me advance the admired, flowers of France, let who will praise and behold the reserved marigold, let the sweet-breathed violet, now unto whom she pleaseth bow, and the fairest lily spread, where she will her golden head, I have such a flower to wear, for that, that for those I do not care. Let the young and happy swains, playing on the Briton plains, court unblamed their shepherdesses with their gold-curled tresses. Toy uncensured until I grudge at their prosperity, that all times, both present, past, and the age that shall be last, vaunt the beauties they bring forth. I have found in one such worth that content I neither care what the best before me were, nor desire to live and see who shall fair hereafter be, for I know the hand of nature will not make a fairer creature. A Widow's Hymn. Last one. How near me came the hand of death, when at my side he struck my dear and took away the precious breath which quickened my beloved peer! How helpless am I thereby made by day! How grieved by night, how sad! And now my life's delight is gone! Alas, how am I left alone? The voice which I did more esteem than music in her sweetest key, those eyes which unto me did seem more comfortable than the day! Those now by me, as they have been, shall never more be heard or seen, but what I once enjoyed in them shall seem hereafter as a dream. Lord, keep me faithful to the trust which my dear spouse reposed in me. To him now dead, preserve we must. Me, sorry, preserve me just in all that should perform it. Be for thou our being, man and wife, extendeth only to this life. Yet neither. Life nor death should end the being of a faithful friend. And that's today's poems by someone or other. Very rhymey poems there. Um, By George Wither. Alright folks, thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.